iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with Goals. Hello and welcome to The Game, the football podcast from The Times. I am Max Rushton. In for Gab, uh, you may remember me from an historic Times The Game podcast on Tuesday the 9th of February, where we waited a whole day to bring you all the news from a transfer window where nothing happened. Great times. Uh, Today we try and say something new about Leicester City, clean sheets and Jamie Vardy. Spurs now need Leicester to do a Jordan Spieth as they see off Manchester United to almost keep the dream alive as LVG resorts to picking players and positions out of a hat. Uh, Elsewhere, same old Arsenal, same old Everton. Andy Carroll for England, question mark. Uh, Palace's first win since 1941. And Villa and Newcastle aren't very good again. Uh, on today's pod, uh, we are joined by... Uh, are you the chief football correspondent, Henry? What's chief football writer. Chief football writer and star of those marvellous adverts on the television, uh, Henry Winter. Um, not on the phone here in person today, Matt Hughes. How are you, Matt? Good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming in and not just ringing in. <laughs> uh, Rory Smith doesn't even ring it in anymore. And the devilishly handsome Julien Laurent. Bonjour. Bonjour, ça va? Ça va très bien. It's so hard for me to know if I fancy you more or less than I fancy Gilfie Sigurdsson. His middle like- name is... What, Gilfie's middle name? Yeah. Oh, I, said, I don't know. Do you want to wait until the end? Should we have that it's as brilliant. like a... It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's one of the best. It's oh. up with Bob Wilson and Primrose and Peter Schmeichel and Boleslaw. Oh. No, it's my favourite. OK. Do you want to say now or do we leave it till right at the end so people are forced oh, to listen to all of it? What do you reckon, producer Dave? Let's tease oh, it. Oh, what a tease. That was <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> There you go. Find out at the end. I mean, obviously, you can Google it right away. So, you know, just tell us, Henry. <laughs> Thor. Thor? Thor. Well, that's magnificent. I like him even more, and I didn't know that was possible. Thanks all for coming, because it's better that you're here. Let's start with Sunderland nil, uh, Leicester City 2. I'm starting to get bored of Leicester City just winning and, you know, making the Premier League <laughs> tedious, and I'll have it sewn up by the end of April. Um, your, your thoughts, please, Henry? I can't believe we're having a backlash against Leicester <laughs> Already, City. Yeah. We hate fairy tales. It's brilliant. It's And I just hope it goes on and on and on. And if they do it in the next three games, and they have uh, a couple of games towards the end of the season, where they are just being fated probably all over the country, certainly at uh, Chelsea in the last game, that Ranieri and the team will get an absolutely brilliant reception, partly because they'll have pipped uh, Spurs. To, uh, to, to first place but also what they are doing is a complete indictment of regimes and philosophies elsewhere they are a team in the true sense of the world I mean I would imagine that Kante will leave Mares will leave I know Vardy a bit I'd be surprised if he leaves so you've got individuals there all on a personal mission some of them are on a financial mission to, uh, to, to, to make life better for them their kids their grandkids uh, in the case of Kante and Mares but, but you know there's a real team I spent a bit of time with them in the last few months and there's a real bond there and you've got a manager who's playing 
players in the right position, which LVG might consider. They are not going crazy on money, which other clubs might consider. So I just think it's it's a tonic. And it's one of those stories that has jumped out of the football bubble and that people who are not interested in football are saying, Leicester, that's fantastic. And for some people, it is two fingers to, you know, the, the whole against modern football movement. And I think that's I think that's to be welcomed. Matt, has it rendered all punditry pointless? It's made a lot of people look very silly, <laughs> including Benny in his room, probably me foremost. I didn't think it would last. In October, I think I was here and we talked about them finishing the top four and I just couldn't see them sustaining it. Uh, having said that, the more, more and more I've watched them as the season go on, I, I've, I've thought they would win it for a couple of months because I just... They just don't lose games. The defence, the defending has been so outstanding since Christmas. Five clean sheets in a row at the moment. Morgan and Huth look unpassable, basically. The full-backs working very, very hard. And I think I think they're going to win it with, with games to spare, as Henry said. There's a joy to Morgan and Huth that, you know, when they've been closed down by a winger or a centre-forward, they just boot it out. You know, they don't, they don't try and John Stones it, you know. They're exactly. there and they do a job and, and it's it's sensible park football. Just get rid, if in doubt. But that's the secret of, of their success. I think they do what they're good at and they don't try to do something they can't do. It's as simple as that. I think, you know, they're not good at passing the ball from the back. They give it to drink water or Conte or someone else or Mario, someone else would do it for them or the full backs. I think Vardy knows very well how to take the space in behind and score goals like he did on Sunday and he scored two and, and that was brilliant Conte does what he can he doesn't try to do something like Zidane would do and Mares does what he does best as well and I think that's the secret they're not just working for each other as a team like Henry said or defending really well like, like Maggio said they also do what they're good at and not try to do something else and they're also being treated like adults I mean Ranieri you know when they had this gap he said well Go away, go just go away. You know, go away to Dubai somewhere. Christian Fuchs, his uh, his wife and kids live in New York, and occasionally he needs an extra day, and he uh, he asks uh, Ranieri, he said, "Can I have an extra day off?" And he goes off there. Dates a huge amount of trust with these players, but obviously, what goes on in training at uh, Beaver Drive? I've been going to Beaver Drive for about thirty years. And uh, normally there is one man, and sometimes it's just a dog, let alone one man outside the training ground. You go there now, and it's well, not quite Beatlemania, but it's Kasabian mania. You've got about 30 people standing around outside. You've got a lone Spanish photographer who's there sort of taking pictures, trying to capture the, the fairy tale. But what goes on inside there? Everyone thinks that you know they're almost a sort of team who've just sort of been thrown together, and there's a slight village fate atmosphere to think less. You go behind the scenes there. It's serious sports science. I'm sure you've been I mean, it's you know they go out there and they test the turf beforehand, the sports science dudes before they go out training, and they will then tell Ranieri how long the players can train for because the given the 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 turf is will cause a problem. They'll go into the red zone as Wenger's always talking about, and that's one of the reasons why they haven't had uh, many injuries this season. But also, Ranieri is such a character. I mean, he, he two weeks ago he stopped training. And he said, right, who hasn't scored? He had a go at Wes Morgan. He said, you haven't scored in a game. Everyone else is contributing. And uh, Danny Simpson and Mark Albrighton, who haven't scored this season, were sort of you know creeping away, trying to sort of hide behind sort of Robert Huth so they wouldn't be spotted. And there is that humour, but there's also that sense of professionalism. Does does that not happen elsewhere that that players aren't trusted? You're saying you know Fuchs needs an extra day off, go away to Dubai or whatever in the in that time off when there was an international break. Is that does that not happen? I think there's a culture in English football that uh, it's almost like a school trip. And you take the passports off professional footballers when they're eight nine, and you give them back when they retire. Um, I mean, actually, I, work they're, with, they're I work with Paul Merson, so you know, <laughs> sensible in some cases. <laughs> but there you go. No, 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 but 
there's, a, there's probably a reason for that. You see um, some clubs, players are trusted and they abuse that trust. Mm. They make daft decisions. Jack Wilshere going out on a Saturday night when he hasn't played for a year. Gabriel Bonahar going to Dubai and smoking shisha pipes. The thing at Leicester is that the players respect the manager enough, respect themselves and the club to um, to warrant being trusted. And it's kind of a two-way street, isn't it? And when Jamie Vardy had that you know, incident in the casino one night... You know they dealt with it very professionally, I thought, and and they never Ranieri could have gone mad with with Vardy, and and I think I think just think Ranieri for all the the fun we had when he was appointed, and and all of us saying like really Ranieri really, and you know Carolina, not just us, everybody, he's been sucky and seen you know in tears yesterday after the win. He, he he's not he's not an actor. That was that was proper genuine emotional. Because I think for all the stick he got when he got there, and it, surely it was not nice, mm. what a revenge it is for him. They're, in the, he might not be... they're in the Champions League now. I mean, yeah, and he's all, not That's pet. almost the best story of the lot, which has slightly got lost because of Vardy yeah. and Leicester and you know Conte bottom, and that, bottom yeah. a year ago. But Ranieri, a 30-year career, never won a title. Mourinho laughs at him when he comes to Chelsea, says this guy is a kind of you know yeah. serial second place. Since then, he's gone to Italy and finished second with about three clubs. Didn't win the league in France. No, nope. he comes to Leicester in his first season. Wins what is supposed to be the most competitive championship of them all. It's just it was incredible. It was brutal when when he when he left. I mean, I was there and I was I was listening in to some of the briefings not too far from here in the centre of town. Chelsea's briefings against Ranier, and it was you know it was not, it was very undignified. And you were sitting around the table. I remember there was one breakfast meeting. Listen to one or two club officials who probably better remain unnamed and you know they were briefing against their manager you know I mean that doesn't really happen so which ones were were they (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and then of course we had the game in Monaco as well you know obviously sent on for Ron and there were some fairly strange sort of tactical decisions Uh, so but Chelsea went out and you almost felt in some parts of the club that you know there was happiness that they'd gone out of Europe because it made it easier to get rid of Ranieri and of course as, as Matt's sort of alluding to the uh, the whole drama and the fairy tale particularly around Ranieri that the last game of the season yeah. is at Stamford Bridge is just glorious and you know, we should you know I'm Monaco, just, just, just another anecdote when he was at Monaco the players complained it was too boring the sessions the training was boring it was always the same thing and I've, I've been lucky but like Henry to go I've been once to the training grounds I was invited there no longer ago and I saw the training and everybody was laughing. All the players were enjoying themselves. It was simple drills they were doing, but they were all laughing. And I was like, what's wrong with the Monaco players? You know, if, unless Ranieri has changed massively in yeah. a couple of years. But I can't see, you know, a Leicester team that is not enjoying clearly having him as a manager like the Monaco players clearly didn't. There's a great double act between Ranieri and Vardy, which I don't know whether how much we see of it. But behind the scenes, the two of them are just like a sort of comic hat, and Vardy will wind up. Ranier. Are, are, they, the are f- they two Ronnies? Are they Laurel and Hardy? What's the <laughs> kind two Ranieri's? I mean, but, but Vardy's just got Vardy's play completely straight face and will just wind. Ranieri up I mean the whole thing about when everyone was praising Ranieri because after Vardy got the the record he said that uh, the the players can have a drink on the coach coming back Vardy ambushed him on that Vardy walked into the training ground and said I've done the the, the record and the manager says that we can all have a drink on the the coach coming back and everyone said oh thank you Claudio and Claudio said what I haven't decided anything yet so there is this look it looks like a great fun dressing room to be in plus they will Quick mention of Sunderland. I've written Jack Rodwell and, and five <laughs> exclamation marks because they could have. I mean, he Rodwell scores and it's one one, and then it changes sort of changes that whole this whole conversation a bit, doesn't it? The best thing was he missed and then looked straight at the linesman and he was yeah. praying, "Please raise your flag, please, please." I was off. 
because you can't miss a chance like that when you when you're in this, you know in a fight against relegation like they are and and when you are that level how can you miss just like that and he was praying for to, to be flagged off offside so he would have an issue say oh yeah I missed but it didn't matter because I was off I was offside anyway but he wasn't and it's pretty embarrassing I thought uh, 27 points 4 off Norwich game in hand so they're they're still alive Sunderland uh, let's go to Spurs Manchester United um, you mentioned the dressing room at, at Leicester there, there seems to be that same sort of vibe Matt at Spurs doesn't that yeah I was there yesterday with Henry and they started poorly and the first hour wasn't great, but their team spirit and self-belief is clearly there. You thought that maybe Leicester winning, going 10 points behind, unsettled them, but clearly not. They responded emphatically second half and while it wasn't a great performance, they scored three very good goals. And I thought particularly when Ericsson got on the ball and started running at Damian towards the end of the, of the second half, they looked it's unlikely, but they're, they're still there and, and they won't give up. When you both go to a game, what do you decide... Who does first, what someone does first half, someone does second, then you have a cup of tea? Or are you I, writing a colour piece? I made the tea. I, 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 I listen to Matt's ideas and nick them. That's perfect. I've, I've talked about this a lot, and lots of people have talked about Spurs fitness. You watch that game, and you just the more it went on, you were like, well, Spurs are just, they're infinitely fitter than Manchester United. And I don't understand how one football team who train all week can be so much fitter than another football team who train all week. Can anyone explain that? I think there's a. I think there's also mental freshness about uh, about Spurs, which if, you, if you're making the contrast, which contrast, which I assume you are with with Manchester United, they look mentally tired, mentally stale, mentally bombarded by Van Gaal's philosophy, by all his sort of ideas and sort of clipboard stuff. But with with Spurs, you can just see Pochettino's influence, and we saw it at Southampton as well. The double training sessions, the players. I mean, I talked to Stephen Davis, who said he actually found matches easier than Southampton training because Pochettino pushed them uh, so hard. I'm mm. sure it was the same at Espanyol before. So he he works them hard like that, and you can see. It. Also, when you've got younger players, they're going to respond and they'll run through a brick wall, which they're doing. But I mean, everyone's talked about sort of Deli Alley and Harry Kane and, and Ericsson, as Matt rightly points out, it was excellent yesterday. But Lamella is almost the greatest embodiment of Pochettino's effect because, you know, Lamella came over here, obviously saw 30 million quids yeah. and then he sort of dipped and then suddenly Pochettino got and he was running all over the stamina, the influence, the goals, the assists. So, uh, no, but I mean, it's an interesting battle. I mean, if Leicester win the title, which I'm sure they will, who is going to be manager of the year. Ranieri, I'm sure, will get the popular vote, but there'll be a lot of people wanting um, voting for Pochettino as well. Will anybody be voting, Julien, for LVG as manager of the Me? year? Me? I want him to stay as long as possible in England. <laughs> you've, said, you've, kid. Said, you've said he's a fraud oh, months he is. ago. He's more than a fraud now. I just thought yesterday was, for me, they're like... And we, just to, to add to what Henry said about why they're fitter... I think it's done to the manager. The energy that Pochettino brings in his team talk at halftime, before the game, not so much after the game, but at training every day. Imagine being in a dressing room with LVG, trying not to laugh at LVG's team, team talk in the dressing room before the game. It's just like Pochettino, he's, he's a volcano of energy and that transmits to his players. And no wonder they're so fit, they're so pumped up for every game. And even when things are not really working out in the first half, over an hour they're still there because on the touchline he's always there for them everything and I think that's a big chance Helvig I don't know what to say anymore I just don't know what to say I, I watch them you, sorry I don't think you can quite call him a fraud when he's oh, won a, he's, when he's won a, you can't call you can't call someone with his CV a fraud what, you can say ago? I think no yeah, 20 years ago I, th- I, th- I would say he's he's, I would anymore. say he's lost his way but you can't call him a fraud I think I think the, the fraud <laughs> bit was in his United time and for what he's delivered 
I think he's been a fraud. I think he's been so disappointed, so poor. Everything, not not just the money he spent, every tactical decision he's made, every choice he's playing the playoff position. It's just from start to finish over those years, I think he's been. Dreadful. I think it's one of the, the, the really great sadnesses that you've got, uh, you know, fairly dis- well, very distinguished manager. When you look at his CV and you look at some of the teams that he's managed and the football that he's produced, I think it's a great sadness that he has lost his way. I don't think he has the right people around him who are sort of advising him. And it 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 is and the one good thing he's done is is given the younger kids a chance, yeah. which Manchester United might not see next season. How much if was Jose that down come, to him though? I think a lot of it was down to injuries. He had no choice, and he had to to, to bring them in. But, uh, he's, but is, he's, is it he's just he's been? Is the only reason that here's a guy with a great CV who's now not doing it because he's got the wrong people around him? I mean, why is I this? I think happening? he's been I overtaken I by. He can, have any, he can have any excuses, really. I mean, he's they've invested two hundred fifty million pounds. There are some talented young players there. He's got all the support he needs. He just, I don't think he's a fraud, but I, I, I agree to an extent with Julian's use of language. I think this, this philosophy is fraudulent because he talks about the philosophy all the time and his style of football. He claims they play attacking football. It's just not It's just not true. You watch them, they're so sterile. As Julian was saying, imagine being in the dressing room. He's such a he's a, he's a dour man yeah. who's kind of weighed down by his own arrogance. He's very charismatic. He's got a good sense of humour. He is completely seen through uh, the obsession of the media um, in this country with um, personality over philosophy. Philosophy, sadly, has become a dirty word. Was actually the English. I'm not including Julian in this because you come from an intelligent <laughs> football country, but we are obsessed with personality and Klopp's this Klopp saw this brilliant talking to some of the people around Klopp he saw within 10 days that the English media they were interested in headlines and it will always be uh, Klopp blasts has a go at the ref has a go at former players having a go at whatever it would never be let's have an intelligent debate about football and that's why I do have some uh, sympathy with uh, with LVG also one of the first things he said when he came over here he said he took one look at uh, particularly the uh, the English players in training at Carrington he said I want to make them play more with their uh, their heads and their hearts, which is something that the England national team has has needed for for years. Unfortunately, he's gone too far the other way, and he's sucked all the life and the joy out of them. But he's so, not he's not a fraud. So what so what do Manchester United do now? Anyone know? Silence. <laughs> they spent so they have spent a lot of money, and they don't. It still looks like a squad that that needs. Can you imagine a lot if Pochettino went in? It? No, I would say they've got some decent players. And they've got one of the world's best mm-hmm. goalkeepers. They've got some decent defenders. Um, the young football fullback was good yesterday. Yeah, and he did play well Mendes 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 Mendes. Yeah, no, he's good. Um, Borthwick Jackson is good. Martial's good if he gets played in the right position. I mean, yesterday. I mean, I, well, I do agree with. Uh, I mean, some of his tactical decisions are, are, are nonsensical. I mean, particularly matter to try and track back with Danny Rose to help out an 18-year-old. Uh, kid who was only making a second start for Manchester United, who actually did brilliantly for Samantha. But you know, Matter should be playing at ten. You know, anyway, his his tactics were all over the place. But look, Mourinho can come in, he can tighten all that up. But if I were them, if I were Ed Woodward, I would do everything I could to try and tempt Pochettino. But he won't go because I mean he's. You wouldn't go now, would you? You wouldn't go now because he wants the Champions League, and he's got a young, hungry team which is going better, places. He's got a better, team. He's yeah. got a better chance to win stuff. Up. Tottenham than he has a United problem. If, if you did an aggregate team or sort of an all-star team on yesterday, the only one guaranteed to, to, to get in ahead of a Spurs player would be De Gea. Guaranteed over Lloris, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Oh, De Gea's top three goalkeepers in the world. Oh, where's Lloris? Seven? He's pretty high up. Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. He has one or two not, flaws in his not, game, but he's not, not as... Far away. You, you he's had some key more, more of a leader, though, isn't he? Well. I think he's more of a leader than De Gea. Lloris, yeah, yeah definitely. De Gea's yeah. slightly more... 
individual Luis is from what I gather is very very influential in that dressing yeah. room and with France as, yeah. you, as you would know yeah. next up for Leicester home to West Ham on Sunday not a gimme Spurs go to Stoke on Monday and actually Spurs every game for the next three I think on Mondays sort of chasing Leicester makes it any more difficult is anybody giving Spurs a hope of winning the title no no sort of disrespect to, to Spurs it's great to see a, a, a club like that doing well but just Leicester just Leicester flying They've they've got this ambition, as everyone said. The defence is good. Kasper Schmeichel, I mean, he rarely gets spoken about as one of the goalkeepers of the uh, the season. But he's been, you know, I mean, this is again coming back to the intelligence of the Leicester players. He's gone and studied, taken time out to study other sports. He studied quarterbacks in the NFL and just looked at the way they distributed the ball. Obviously, it's a completely different throwing action, but he looked at how individual runners up front would, would create space. And when all Brighton, Mares and Vardy are staying up when the opposition have corners, one of them will make a decoy run and then, as you do get with running backs, I don't know much about NFL, but this is what he's been studying. He also studied uh, Roger Federer at length, just in terms of that speed off the line. Uh, for a, a serve and volley because he's Casper's quite a good uh, tennis player as well so I, I admire that and he, he watched um, again NBA to, uh, to to see how individuals have us I mean one of the best NBA players at the moment you know far more than I do is not very tall but he's got a great leap on him so Casper's Michael has looked at that in terms of trying coming out to claim I so, love how look, Henry thinks I know this. it's just most well, so rare well, Steph Curry he was expecting <laughs> you to say Steph Curry yeah obviously well, I let NBA you say yeah. yeah. I like the NFL t- Taking that NFL thing one step further, who's that big lump that Leicester brought on against Arsenal who gave away that amazing free kick? Vasilevsky. Yes. Vasilevsky. He basically brought a linebacker there, yeah, didn't he? he did, accidentally yeah. went, took it <laughs> yeah. one step too far. Uh, let's talk about the other game on, on Sunday. Liverpool, uh, 4-1, comprehensive win over Stoke. Klopp, you see, perhaps more with the Dortmund game as well, but you see it starting to happen with Liverpool. Or certainly I do. Does, does anyone else? I see bits. I don't think he's quite had the impact we expected Liverpool fans would have hoped for. But then again, he's not bought a play as he say mm. you give him a pre-season to work very hard with the players add two or three then we'll we'll see where Liverpool are next season what's encouraging is that um, he seems to have found a way to get some goals in the team and Origi and Sturridge both made an impact yesterday and um, obviously it doesn't look good for Benteke who's going to be out the door isn't he <laughs> it's like Pochettino when Pochettino arrived at Spurs give him a bit of time at club mm. as well who thought that he could arrive and two months later they would play like the best team in the world and beat everybody and they had some great games but he just needed a bit of time a bit of recruitment like Matt said a pre-season as well but it's exactly like Pochettino you know Pochettino needed a bit of time and once his methods have gone through to the players once the double session training especially in prison has worked out to make sure they were the fittest possible in the league and fitter than everybody else then he started working out and he will work out for club there's no doubt about that you just need a bit of time I think he's going to be one of the great Liverpool managers really? I just think he's an abs- you can see the love affair between him and the cop you can see the impact he's had on players Lallana was drifting and he is lasting longer in games he's got Sturridge playing he's got Origi playing he's given the kids uh, a, a chance you just go to Anfield now and he's lifted the mood all over so I, I agree the results haven't necessarily followed but look this is one of the best managers in the, you know in European football in the last 10 years so you could have actually argued that he was taking a step down to go to Liverpool great historic club but have been sort of drifting in, in recent times I mean someone like him I mean Arsenal should have had a look at someone like him because he would have transformed them we mentioned Arsenal 
before the podcast, we get to have a, a pre-match team talk from Ian Wright. Um, <laughs> and he was overjoyed. He thought, excellent point at West Ham. That was, yeah. the, that was the vibe I got from Wrighty just before we came on. What kind of Arsenal performance was that, Matt? Typical. Hmm. All too typical. 2-0 up against a good team and throw it away and can't can't defend crosses, can't defend aerial balls. It's just so predictable. We've, we've seen it so many times. I think it was it six or seven years ago, Newcastle won at Arsenal, Andy Carroll... In his first season, Premier player scored a great header from the edge of the box, and they um, they still haven't found a solution to it. What was even more astonishing was the fact that if ever there was a game for Per Mertzacker, that that was it. And, and Peter Cech. Yeah, he left, he left left them both out. I'm so bored. Julian Lodge is a lot of arsenal. He must be so bored. His wife works for the club, and oh. it's just just so depressing and frustrating. I'm not even an Arsenal fan. Well, it's difficult for Julian I, I can't to say, think... but I mean, I think I, I, for the last five years, I felt he should have gone. He was. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. He was, he was drifting. I have so much admiration for Wenger. I'll never forget the first uh, briefing that he gave in the old boardroom at Tybury, and we also sat down there, and everyone was going, you know, it was on the back of the uh, the standard headline of Arsene Who, and we also sat there, and David Dean introduced us to uh, Arsene Wenger and explained who he was, and then Wenger just talked. He talked for 45 minutes with barely a pause, describing his philosophy, what he wanted to do with the club, his respect for the club, his knowledge of English football, and we all walked out of there thinking, wow, this guy's going to dominate for the next 20 years. He's he's unbelievable. And then he the players he brought in, I think Patrick was already on his way, but mm. Thierry came in, and he, Thierry struggled initially, and then you know he, he he got in playing, and then and he produced that marvelous Invincibles team. But ultimately, you know, everyone runs their course, and I think it's one of the great sadnesses is that one of the greatest managers this country has ever seen, not that just Arsenal football clubs ever seen. The tail end of his career, he is going out with a, with gathering clouds, with supporter unrest, with criticism in the media. When really he should be fated as one of the you know probably the top five, ten managers this country's ever seen. Talking for 45 minutes without a pause is a, uh, is a, is a sort of homage to Gab Marcotti, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Gab. Anyway, I never see you, so it's fine. Uh, Andy Carroll, <laughs> I've written, Julian, Andy Carroll for England, question mark. Yeah, for me, yeah. I mean, Matt and, and Henry are probably better positioned for me, but I, I just can't see why 
if he stays fit and if he keeps scoring a bit until the end of the season, why you wouldn't take someone who gives you something different, something else? You know, you're not going to start him when you play France in the final and you lose against France in the final. But if you one goal down with 20 minutes to go, just bring him on. It will, it will be a handful for the opposition defence. And, you know, if you think about, I don't know, Rooney, Kane, Vardy, and what, Welbeck and, and Walcott? Sturridge. Sturridge, yeah, somewhere Sturridge. maybe there. I think... I think it would be interesting to have him in your squad. Him, even and, if Crouch, that means him and Crouch together. No, not Crouch, but no, no, seriously, even if you leave Walcott so who do you, out. who do you leave out? Because Kane, Vardy, Rooney are nailed on. Yeah. And then you're already going to... Welbeck's nailed Welbeck will go. Leave so, Walcott home. And, and Sturridge. And Sturridge. So Sturridge, Sturridge gonna, and Walcott are probably already competing for one place. But Walcott, yeah, but he counts gonna, as a midfielder. Yeah. So he wouldn't count maybe. as the, the, the I think five. Walcott might not make it again. But you're going to play with one up front anyway. So, so arguably, even if you take Sturridge in, you're not going to play Sturridge. Welbeck can play wide, I guess. But, you know, Sturridge, Kane, Vardy. Do, do you know there are two things against him? First, the, the free kick counts in Europe. He should have got sent off at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, that true. was, a, that, that was a, a flailing elbow. Uh, and the second thing is, and I know he's worked on this, but Slavon Bilic alluded to it, is that, I think to use Hodgson's uh, expression, is he a good tourist? Is he a good citizen? What is he going to be like sitting on the true. bench? Okay, and, and that is an always Bilic's an issue. His comments on Saturday actually were really interesting. Given the ground's got a hat trick and winning the game, he was quite critical. He mm. said, "Oh, he's got to work harder. He's got to, he's got to stay fit." And he paused because he realised that there were going to be headlines coming yeah, on yeah. the back of this. But then the lawyer and him thought, "Right, well, I'm actually <sighs> going to go for it." But actually, it's a really but, interesting point you met Henry because yeah. mentioned Paul Merson. I walked with him and worked with him. And he talks about World Cups and how actually how difficult for some people it is to be just cosseted for a month. Or long, you know, for as long if you if you get further on in the well, tournament, the problem how hard it is. Yeah. yeah, true. You're right. I mean, no, it's a mini <laughs> break, days. isn't it? But but that's a, that's a, actually you've got to pick players not just on ability or what they're going to do on the pitch, but how they react to the whole situation. We had this hilarious conversation with Fabio Capello when he arrived, and we said, "You realise you're dealing with English." footballers they do get very bored in tournaments and he was used to dealing with sort of Maldini and Costa Curta and they'd be sort of Baresi and they'd be playing sort of chess and sort of you know singing <laughs> Verdi arias to each other <laughs> and I said well listen you know Rooney be on his PlayStation and Rooney to be fair has got a bit more sort of hinterland you know he sort of travels with all his sort of war DVDs and things like that you know there's a you know there there are some interesting characters Leighton Baines is, is in there with all his sort of Japanese poetry and things like that so you know there are some characters in there but English players do not travel well they get bored very quickly and it's partly the FA's fault for the you know Rustenberg in, in 2010 was just horrific you know I mean, they, they got out once to, to, to go around a safari park and then got spooked by photographers and, and sort of went back inside again you know I mean this, this is the country that uh, you know the players you know half of the squad didn't go and see uh, they had a jet laid on for them to go and see um, Nelson Mandela in 2003 when England were playing in Durban half the squad didn't go uh, none of the squad took the opportunity to go over to Robben Island when they were Cape Town after that wretched Algeria game in, in, in 2010. So, you know... Is this a problem with not, the education system in, possibly, in England? Possibly. Also, I think it's possibly the media. You know, we sort of build these people up to be um, sort of superheroes when actually they are still members of the human race and they should embrace. Um, and it, again, it's another thing, how many English players actually go abroad to play um, we've had so many of the younger players get lost going from the uh, the hotel to, you know, just even just for a short walk outside. We had the crazy situation in the under-21s last summer where the England under-21s coach took the squad from the hotel to the stadium and I um, measured it out and it was 147 metres. 
It's a tough trip, though, isn't it? It is a dangerous trip. <laughs> Czech Republic. <laughs> Those Banik and Strava ultras. In the summer. They were all on holidays. Did you, uh, speaking of, of um, you mentioned Jack Wilson. No, but let earlier. me just. Oh, no, yes, So Julia. you don't think, you don't think you should, either of you don't think you should go? I, I just think that ultimately Hodgson might look at is he a good tourist did anyone see the excellent story about Jack Wilshire getting a new minder that is his girlfriend's dad and also his hairdresser Wilshire yeah yeah Jack Wilshire that's marvellous so who goes out on a date with their girlfriend's dad I mean surely (laughs) he's the one person you don't want to be taking out (laughs) on the date but it's, it's not just a date it's just any night out isn't it so like any night, if it's your minder, he's there all the time. Is he a minder or a spy? I don't know. And if he's a minder, what does he... If someone's giving Jack a bit of grief, does he say, look, I've, I've bought my clippers, do you want... A- <laughs> you want a number one? Yeah. You know, I'll do you whatever you want if you don't take a photo. Just a brilliant after story. Ten, after yeah. 10 gin and tonic, he said, come on, Jack, I think you've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> Going anywhere on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a good tourist? Wenger under pressure then. Uh, Roberto Martinez also under some pressure. Banners at Watford. Um, uh, some more casual defending from John Stones. Led to that corner which Watford equalised from. Um, 39 points, four home wins, wins this season. Only Villa with fewer home wins. Is, is Martinez right to be under this sort of pressure, Matt? Um, I think it's understandable. I'm a Martinez fan Really, I like what he's trying to do. I like the way he plays football. There are a lot of young players in that team. I like the way he's trusting Ross Barkley and playing playing him at ten and giving him game time. Hopefully, England will benefit from that in years to come. Having said that, they are they're so naive, aren't they? The amount of games they've dominated and thrown away is um, embarrassing, really. And there comes a point, I think, when for all his admirable philosophy, sometimes he's just got to teach players to see out games and he seems incapable of doing that. There's a bit, like, there's a bit of Wenger in there, actually, and he won't change. Can he change? Is he too stubborn? He's younger, so obviously he's yeah. got time to learn, but I, it's, it's a big summer for Everton. If they don't win the FA Cup, new ownership, they've got a big call to make. I was speaking to some Everton fans on the excellent talk sport yesterday. Um, I mean, you're probably listening, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> they are terrified that Martinez will be trusted with the TV money and the new injection of cash that they should get with with new ownership that's saying we just you don't want to trust him with that get someone else in now it's interesting the the, the Everton fans I mean the, the, there's a there's a fascinating dynamic here in that a lot of people want the John Stones experiment to work because we see how sterile England can be in terms of creativity at tournaments and if you have a sort of Rio Ferdinand John Stones type individual who can bring the ball out from the back what an extra fantastic weapon that will give England at international level Everton fans are looking at it and saying well you know we like this kid but he is he's costing us games and he cost them at the weekend. I mean, that was a crazy pass to make. I mean, it wasn't just the speed of it, it was the height of it. I mean, the keeper had very little chance, as you say, it went out for the corner and and cost them. But I really like Stones and this is you just really want to see him develop. Martinez, of course, has, has got to sort of tighten up defensively. I mean, talk to Wigan fans, they're still recovering from that, although they had a great day out at Wembley. But John Stones, I do, I do slightly balk at all this criticism that's being thrown at John Stones because, first, we don't have many good defenders in this country. Secondly, uh, particularly centre-halves. And you just want to see John Stones. He'll make mistakes, but, you know, in two, three years' time, he may well be, you know, one of the best centre-halves, ball-playing centre-halves in Europe. Unfortunately, Everton will pay the price in the meantime. I mean, Stones is a diamond for me. I love, I love him. I think the role of a manager is to be able to polish rough diamond. That's what Fergie used to do with you know, his younger players, Wenger, in a way as well. well. Why is he doing with Stones? What is Martinez doing? Why is he telling him? Is he telling him every, oh, yeah, play the way you like to play? Well, I, I don't understand how 
Martinez is supposed to make Stones improving, and instead he's not actually improving at all. He's probably disimproving. I don't understand the relationship they have, and maybe because I'm not very familiar with Everton, but for me, the role of Martinez should be to make his players better. Even with Barkley, I think there was a time where Barkley was really improving, and I'm just not sure Martinez is the right man to have that sort of philosophy with young players when I see what he's doing with Stones. I, th- I think it'd be fascinating to see what Pep Guardiola could do with John Stones if he, mm-hmm. if he went to I City. Agree. He's a, obviously a manager of a history mm-hmm. of playing midfield players at centre-back, loves ball players, but equally, you know, all his teams have been very tight defensively. You think if there's one manager who could nurture John Stones, it, it would be him, and if the City prepared to pay £40 million, pounds, then it would, it would be a well, good move for all parties. They're, they're, they're very keen on him. I mean, you're right, Matt, Gar- Guardia would be brilliant. But also as a general theme, I think so. players also have to take responsibility for their own development, and there are enough former de- good defenders... Uh, at uh, floating around sort of backstage at Everton that you could go and talk to and work on. I mean, Stones is a bright individual. You know, he's, his mother was a former British athlete. His father was a sort of local non-league player whose who's, uh, um, career sort of ended early. He's got good people around him, advisors, friends. He's a very sensible individual. You would just hope that he would be focusing on developing, particularly when, as, as Julien says, um, his manager's not necessarily helping him develop. Yeah. Yeah, just 43, 45 minutes injury time. Just Robert Hooth it. That's what you have to do in that situation. Don't you? Um, let's go to the bottom. Uh, Newcastle, uh, 3-1 defeat at Southampton. Rafa said they were their players are scared. Julien? I don't know if they were scared. They were rubbish, that's for sure. <laughs> were, I, don't know, I don't know if scary is the word, but they were dreadful. Maybe Rafa is just not good for that kind of mission. I don't know, you know, of, of, of trying to stay up and trying to, having to score goals to win games to get points to get out of the bottom three because surely for now it's not good enough you know is it four games now he's been in we haven't seen enough I think one point in four games it's just not good enough yeah it was in in the derby and it was a late one that was probably important psychologically but it's just not good enough and and again it was a tough place to go I agree on on Saturday at Southampton but I thought they were so poor and they were like again you think that he would get them organised so well that they wouldn't concede the type of goal that Shane Long scored. That's a league. That's that's a Sunday league goal. How can you defend like that? It's just meant at that level. He dropped the shoulder well. To be fair, the whole he, team. He didn't went even drop the shoulder. He did a little hook, and, and that was it. The, the, the whole defence where they were all over the place, and I just don't really recognise the Rafa team when I see Newcastle playing. But you know, Rafa is, it seems to be a classic example of a manager overestimating their own abilities and underestimating the problems they would face I spoke to someone who knows Rafa well at the weekend and they were saying how surprised he's been at how bad Newcastle are and we're both so thinking we're, we're both thinking there's lots of people who could, could have told him yeah. he could have watched them play Many managers just think oh I, I can get a tune out of this player I'll change things I'll organise them but it's just not that easy the players there half of them have already checked out they're looking for movies in the summer back to the continent and the ones that left just aren't really good. For, for the last 10 years, I've been going to St James's Park uh, during Stephen Taylor's career, and there's a local journalist there, experienced local journalist, who, he, whenever I come out, he says, right, let's sit down together, watch the match, obviously you're working during the match, but he just knows that we are the founder members of the Stephen Taylor Non-Appreciation Society. You know because the only ones. You know the only one. <laughs> well, we've got a, you know, we started out meeting in a in a sort of telephone booth because Stephen Taylor was, you know, sort of fated locally. But uh, I think we could put Wembley out now. He is, he is a liability. He is, you saw it yesterday, and he is, and he is, there's, uh, there's one player who does this fantastic impersonation of Stephen Taylor 
uh, when he's made a mistake, doing a certain action that it's other people's mistake. He is kind of what's wrong with a lot of English football in terms of, you know, he started out with an element of talent, but, um, you know, he's made a good living out of not doing too much. And, you know, all, all Newcastle United fans want is a little bit of concentration, a shirt that's stained with sweat at the end of it, and just giving everything. And unfortunately, it's not just Taylor, I mean, Colo Caccini, I mean, they're, they're, you can go through the whole squad. You know, they've just let them down on a serial basis. But people keep saying their squad is too good to be in this position. No, they haven't got the heart. <laughs> Palace's first league victory for 273 years um, against Norwich. You said they... 1941. I, that's impossible because they didn't play in 1941. That's a very good point. Thanks. Damn it. I'm showing my age. Prove, prove <laughs> the research. My terrible research that I'd done. That's a bad mistake. Um, bring back Marcotti. So, look, Palace needed that, didn't they? Yeah. Desperately, because they were... They're really starting to sink. And if Norwich had won, it would have been great for the relegation one because you want, on the last of the season, eight teams to be able to win the title <laughs> and the other 12 to almost be going down. It just shows they're a great cup team, isn't it? Because if you're going to pick one Premier League game to win, it's against Norwich. Yeah. And as in their FA Cup run, they've won a game that, a game that mattered and that, that's them safe now. They can concentrate on their semi-final. Alan Pardew can talk about himself. Yeah. Um, everyone's happy. Doing. Yeah. Uh, could be we're the next England manager. Say again. Could be the next England manager. Surely not, Henry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, six months ago, everyone was saying it, wasn't it? Who? Yeah, but, uh, okay. Well, if if you're going to go English, who's it going to be then? John Beck. John Beck. There's a philosophy. Surely, surely people have learned from the Stephen McLaren, the Steve McLaren disaster, no? But if the argument is, it's got to be English. Doesn't have to be Pochettino. An Argentinian coach of England that sounds marvellous. Oh, right. uh, you, Get you, Klinsmann as assistant. You can you can you, <laughs> you can explain that to the England fans. I uh, personally look, leaving that those particular national look Pochettino is far too good for England, but uh, I think it should be English because what's the point of having a, a coach development structure in this country if ultimately you're going to say the main man doesn't have to be English? Anyway, that's a, another podcast. Villa one, Bournemouth two, uh, a procession of defeats for Aston Villa. Is it impressive that over thirty thousand people are still going to Villa Park? Isn't it really? And they're really enjoying it. Having a great time. Poor, I'm poor, sure. poor people. Um, <laughs> should we celebrate Bournemouth's achievements instead? Because Bournemouth had some terrible injuries. Uh, you know, lost two or three really important players, and you would have thought a team coming up, losing those players, would struggle much more than they have. And just credit Eddie Howe and the football they play as well. I was here for the first podcast of the season, producer Dave, and I said Bournemouth will stay up, and I was the only one who said Bournemouth will stay up. Everybody else. Was you also said down. Leicester would win the league, didn't you? If no, I no, no. But I raised my hand on this one. <laughs> yeah. But I said Bournemouth would stay up. I had a lot of faith in Eddie Howe and the work they were doing over there. And yes, they spent some money, and you know I, I don't think they will they will deny that. And but they spent their money well. I thought in January maybe not on on Juan Itobe, but that's another problem. But I think they're doing a great job. And I think Eddie Howe, talking about English manager, it's too early to take on England. But at some point, I think he would be a great head coach. I asked him about that, and I said one one of the problems if we do go to you mentioned McLaren earlier is when they have kids of school age because we're we're brutal. It's really? oh it's just oh the whole McLaren the stories I could tell you about the sort of the whole McLaren sort of family tension Going pressure of having, of, yeah. it's just awful. It's an older manager's job yeah. job. Now you then have to pay is is Pardew an older manager but he's certainly more experienced. Or a bachelor. Yeah. But I mean I I think Bournemouth are braced for an approach from the FA this summer. You think? Mm, I think so. I'm sure there'll be some uh, yeah. If you're talking English, he would be he'd yeah. be up there, wouldn't he? Yeah. Do you think 
Eddie Howe could go to a bigger club this summer as well. Definitely. If, let's say if he says no to, to England, then let's Definitely. say a bigger club. Definitely. I think he's the closest we've got to a Pochettino. He was on Chelsea's long list. Yeah. Um, but there aren't there aren't many bigger jobs available, are there? Obvious. I think obvious the day Wenger, Wenger goes, it would be perfect for Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, you're right. If, if, they go, Koeman, if they're going... Get Koeman into Arsenal. He won't yeah. be a young manager then, though, will he? <laughs> Do you think Koeman, in twenty years, Cumin could go into Arsenal now? So no, just you look at Cumin; he's actually got that sort of Arsenal aura about him in terms of that. There's something about because you go around Arsenal, you and Matt know really well. There's a certain class about the club. I'm not sort of talking about the sort of the, all their sort of going back to the Hillwoods and all that, but they do things with a certain style. And Cumin, okay, apart from on the pitch, in a certain game, um, you know, he does things with a certain class. And I could see him going there and transforming that team without actually necessarily bringing in too many new players. Interestingly, I was on the long list for Strictly last year. But, uh, <laughs> you didn't make it. I didn't it's make the cut. Can you believe it? Um, we really? That's brilliant. Yeah, isn't it funny? I mean, how long is the long list? Or is it just my agent trying to tell me something? I also once got a brilliant email saying, subject line, celebrity squares. Are you interested? <laughs> Can I swear? Yes, I'm interested. <laughs> I don't even need to be a corner square. I'll go anywhere. But the long list, the long list for Strictly, is it a bit like sort of the long list that Roy Hodgson had? So he has a 30-man squad. Do you then oh, no, have to go into no, training? No. Do you have to go into training oh, and no, start working no. on you? No, sadly, you don't get to go to a training camp or anything right. like that. It just you know you're on the long list and then you're not on the short list. What, but you'd have done it strictly. The missus really doesn't want me to. Not that I'm a philander of any... You, you, know, like, you, you would really live not. with your dancer. You would live with your professional dancer. But dancer, you know, the issue why. I have is I'm captain of Polytechnic fourth team in the Southern Amateur League, right? right. So I would say to Strictly, I can get there for six on a Saturday. <laughs> but <laughs> we've, if we've got Actonians at home, right. I'm playing holding midfield now and I'm a bit... It would be good yeah. for the squad, but I'll do all the admin. I'm not doing the admin but and doing the, the team sheet. But film live, isn't it? Done yeah. on a Friday, so you can do no, it. No, no, I think Strictly's oh, live. live on a Saturday, I think. Is it? Yeah. So couldn't they put you as the last dancer on? Exactly. So you turn have up to be last and say, look, I would pads. love to see you turn in one of your shin pads. Well, I've, done, I've, got, I've got terrible ankles. I'd do it in my... But, I'd love to see you with one of those outfits, you know, like up in here. And but then, you know, from there great. you go to the one show, you know, and then, you know, you get to do those really in, life. incongruous, uh, you know, links when they go, welcome to the one show. Here's Bruce Willis. And they go, and Bruce goes, hi. And you go, hang on a sec, Bruce. And then he turns to the camera and say, one in three of us will have a stroke. Here's Phil Tufnell to talk about strokes. <laughs> Comes back off that and you go, Bruce, ever had one? And he's looking going, what the hell have I done here? I That's died hard. It's the dream. Yeah. Uh, Manchester City 2, <laughs> West Brom 1. Does that mean fourth is is Manchester City's now? Pretty much given the other results. It's likely, isn't it? Mm. That was it. Four-point gap, much better goal difference to United. Six games left. I think they're just going to do enough. Obviously, their season is is tomorrow night, isn't it? Mm. Against PSG, great game. Interesting to see if company plays or not. I think he probably will, if, even on one leg. Yeah, I would think so. A relief for Pep if they finish fourth. Not a relief if they win the Champions League. What do you think Pep's thinking? I mean, I don't know <laughs> Pep at all, but uh, would he want Manchester City to win the Champions have League? Have you read Pep Confidential? I haven't. Probably the greatest book written. Probably whatever, in including Catch Twenty Two. Or saying football. Book. Go back football to the, maybe go back to the Bible. Okay. Um, yes, certainly best football book I've read in the last ten years. Anyway, it is uh, an extraordinary close-up analysis of one of the most driven individuals in modern life, let alone football life. I mean, the hot, you know, it's scary reading what he's like on match days. You know, he is right on the edge. He is not eating. He is just, you know, just driven. I mean, we know how driven. Rafa is but Guardiola's driven even more and you just think he won't he won't 
I mean, care. I don't care. I mean, look, if they they win the Champions League, it'll be even easier to get players in. Guardiola moves to his own rhythm, a bit like you would have done in Strictly. He would have been. He, he <laughs> you know, he'll be a success. The one thing he will be surprised by is that he won't expect there are as many ambushes as there are in English football. Every game is is can be a ravine with sharpshooters on the top. Um, I just wanted to finish by saying, well done, Northampton Town for getting promoted from League Two in proper football because they you know, are very close to going out of business sooner. Does anybody else want to add anything today? or you, have you Sad had- that Bolton have gone down. Absolutely one, of, right. one of the, you know, in the old snakes and ladders, I mean, the, the debt's crazy, but you go there and they do, you know, they're one of the great historic clubs of this country. And we're, we're so obsessed with, with the here and now that it's important to, to remember, you know, Leeds, look at the support the Leeds are pulling in. You know, people say, well, Aston Villa de- deserves to go down. Aston Villa are one of the founding fathers. You go to the ground, you see William McGregor's statue and all that. You know, it's it's sad when you see these great, distinguished characters, the sort of the, the, the Mount Rushmore of our, of our football crumbling before our eyes. Perfect way to end it. What's the rest of your day, Julian? Working on the City PSG game and a wonderful win for PSG tomorrow night, obviously, to go through to the semi final to play Wolfsburg and then reaching the final in Milan at the <laughs> end of May. Matt, rest of your day? Uh, similar, yes, going to City tomorrow for probably game of the season so far, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, on, it's all on the line. Was that unscored a penalty? <laughs> Henry, the rest of your day? Uh, I'm addressing the Arsenal Sports Trust tonight, in which I'll be justifying my criticism of Arsene Wenger, or trying to. You'll go down very well there, then, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, what about your day? I'm, 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 meeting Clive, I'm meeting Clive for lunch, so that'll be nice. Uh, and then going to the homeless shelves. I don't like to talk about charity work that I do. Um, <laughs> thank you, Julia. Thank you. You look great. You too. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure. Thank you, Henry. Look forward to Strictly. Gab is back in the hot seat next week. Go to thetimes.co.uk for exclusive Premier League highlights every week. Goodbye. Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.